Blog Talk Radio. True Believers, and welcome to the latest episode of Trundlebed Tales. And this is episode 146, Laura Ingalls Wilder's on-air birthday party, 2024. Now, uh, let me just quick uh, go through our normal introduction. Welcome to Trundlebed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundlebed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trundlebed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on a podcast system, please leave positive feedback because it helps people find the show. And this is uh, episode 146, Laura Ingalls Wilder's on-air birthday program. So, uh... I am going to do our housekeeping. And that is to just let you know that uh, whenever I have one of these episodes that I do, you can sure call in tonight is the one night a year that I really need people to call in, so I hope you do. And again, the number is 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. That's toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. And I told the chat to start, so hopefully it is. And uh, before we get to actually talking to people, which we actually have some people online waiting, yay. So we will get to be doing some talking with people. But um, just so you uh, know, first off, I've got a brand new microphone ear. Uh, muff thing going on so I hope uh, the sound is good tonight if it isn't please let me know so I can figure out what to do instead Uh, also I had just done a previous episode where I was talking about going to Mansfield and there was a major problem with the sound and it just kind of went nuts and I figured out how to fix it but I'm going to have to re- do the episode. I was hoping I was going to get it done before tonight. That did not happen, but it should happen before the end of the week. We'll get a new copy of that that you can actually hear, which would be nice. And um, so I've got a couple of videos ready to go, and that'll be coming later this month. And I think that is, oh, and I should mention, because they were latecomers on my February post about Loring's Water events around the country, 
that uh, Walnut Grove, the Loring Slaughter Museum in Walnut Grove, Minnesota, did have a birthday party tonight, complete with cake. I would love some cake. That would be great. <laughs> they had that tonight, five to seven, so they're just finished up. And also the uh, Pomona Public Library in Pomona, California, who has been having the longest-running Laura Ingalls Wilder gingerbread birthday sociable. They started in 1967, and they haven't reopened since 2020, I am sorry to say, but they are trying to bring it back. So those were two things that I hadn't gotten uh, done quite yet. And with that, I think um, that's the end of our housekeeping. So how this is going to work in general is I've got a couple of prompts here about things that I think other Laura fans would be interested in hearing from you about how you discovered Laura in her books, what's your favorite story from the books, what's the best thing in your Laura collection, what's your favorite edition of the books, what's the craziest thing you did because uh, because it was a little house thing, like a place visited, a craft tried, a book read. And I actually do have quite a few people holding today, but we are going to start out with uh, Michelle Underwood from Mansfield, Missouri. And she'll be coming on. Michelle, are you there? Hi. Yeah, I'm here. Yay. So uh, why don't you start out and tell people who you are? Okay. Well, um, like Sarah said, um, my name is Michelle Underwood. Um, I don't actually live in Mansfield right now, but I live in a a town nearby named Seymour, uh, Missouri. But I did grow up in Mansfield, Missouri, and um, I work at the Loringles Wilder Home and Museum there where I give tours of both of Laura's houses on the property, the farmhouse and the rock house. I also work in the museum, selling tickets, working in the bookstore. Um, And then in the winter months, um, the off season, like now, um, I become the museum specialist. So I work with the curator to um, maintain and clean all of the exhibits and artifacts, um, which includes all of Laura's uh, special things um, and take care of the houses. So that's what I do. And this year you did something special, right? I did, yeah. Um, I wrote a book, a new book. Um, I've written a couple of children's books that have been published over the past uh, few years. Uh, But this past year, Um, I actually wrote a book about Laura. Um, I told my publisher that I just felt like all of the books that could be written about Laura had been done already. Um, But then um, I I got an idea um, about a year and a half ago, actually, um, and it was while I was giving giving tours of the houses. Uh, We only have a limited amount of time if you've ever visited the museum uh, we have a limited amount of time as a as a tour guide to uh, get the group through the homes um, and give them as much information as we possibly can and answer all the questions. 
Well, it's still usually not enough time for true Laura fans that want to know so much more. And so I, I started to think about that, and I thought there's just so many questions um, that are unanswered um, that people want to know, um, mysteries, places you don't get to visit in the homes and things like that. And I uh, started thinking, well, maybe I could write a book about that um, and answer all of those questions and mysteries and also um, tell um, the Laura fans about another side of Laura. Um, yes, she wrote the Little House books, and, you know, all of that is about her childhood. But um, I kind of wanted to go into her, her life in Mansfield. And because I had that connection uh, growing up in Mansfield, um, I knew a lot more about that side of it and was able to talk to a lot of people um, that hadn't personally known her, but, uh, you know, they, they had family members that had known Laura. And so I kind of went at it from that angle just to give people um, something that they, that they hadn't read about before in Laura books. So it's out now, um, and it's doing very well, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, but the name of it, I'll mention that, it's called uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder's Rocky Ridge Farm, A Detailed Look Behind the Scenes. And uh, it's about how many pages, do you know? Um, 202 pages. Okay. Well, it, yeah. it's a really impressive book. I've got a copy, I am Thank pleased you. to say. And Thank you. Um, uh, we are going to talk to you about a little bit more about those stories. But right now, we're going to talk to one of the other people who are waiting, and we will come back to you, Michelle. Great. All right. Area code 513, you're on the air. Welcome to Laura's birthday party. Hey, Sarah. It's Lori. Go for it. Hi, Lori. How are you? Good. It's so great that you have this up here. I hope so far we've got callers, so that is always a good thing. Did you have a Laura story to share today about, you know, how you met, found Laura or something cool you did or something cool in your collection? Actually, I just really wanted to remind people that there's the virtual Laura Palooza on Saturday and that there is still time to sign up and renew your membership. Um, we're really excited about the program we have. Okay. Do you want to tell people a little bit about that in case they don't know about the Laura Ingalls Wilder Legacy and Research Association? Sure. We have, as Sarah was our former president, and now I'm a former board member, but it's the LIWLRA, and we put every two to three years an in-person conference. If you listen Saturday, you might find out where we're thinking for the next conference in 2025. And But we decided that, you know, it's just so long every two to three years so that we're going to have a virtual conference this Saturday. Um, Jim Hicks, who's a longtime conference favorite, is going to be speaking. And Robin Miller, who has uh, just come out with the book Tennessee Wildcat about looking for Mr. Edwards, 
um, they are going to be speaking uh, along with a few other surprises in there. Um, it's available to members, um, but anyone can join. It's just a $30 membership fee, and you get this conference, several other online events, our newsletter, and you'll be the first to know any of the details as we um, release them for the conference next year. Uh, and, Lori, do you want to tell them a little bit about your um, online programs? Is it is it one a month or one every other month? I, I don't remember. I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, and we're really still – we're trying to, this year, thinking once a season, um, just because, as you well know, planning the in-person conference takes a lot of effort and so that we can focus on that and also, you know, help build the excitement and making sure that as your last caller said, you know, how many books can there be written? How many speakers can speak? So we don't necessarily want somebody to give you the presentation this year when it would be just so much more fun in person next summer. So we're okay, well, that's... still deciding on the <laughs> number. Well, those are really nice. And I really do think that is a definite reason for people who aren't planning on going the conference to join is to have access to those online sessions. So I was glad you're doing the online event, um, the all-day one. And I think... I am set up to be there Saturday. We will have to see. Yeah. As I say, I think I saw your name on the sign-up list when I was going through last night. Now, um, that is a great story all in itself, but you don't, do you have a Laura story for one of the questions on our list? What, you know, do you have a story about how you met Laura or the coolest thing you have? I was going to say, I think as I shared online, I just remember watching a film strip at the end of second grade and talking about you know, this book this woman named Laura had written about her childhood. And it's just really a fuzzy memory of the film strip. But I remember thinking, Hmm. When the library opens in the fall, I will have to check those books out. And I check well, that's those pretty books impressive. Out. You remembered all summer. Yeah, I I don't know why it stuck with me, but it's like I want to do that. And I remember like kind of going to the library and thinking, oh, I wanted to do that, and grabbing one of the books. Well, I have. Two film strips, and I think there is a third one that I do not have a copy of, but I also have two film strip projectors, so as long as one of them works, you ever come by, we can watch them and see if you can figure out if, if it was one of those two. Yeah. That's All the nice thing about like... Yeah, I was going to say, I just kind of remember, like, covered wagon image. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
I am going to put you back in the green room because we've got another caller. If you want to hang out, that is great, and we may come back to you if there's time. But if you just wanted to say about Saturday, then that's fine, too. So, yeah, all right. I I will hang out if you need to. So, thank you. Okay. Thanks. So, that gives us to area code 870. And we're watching the little circle go over. There we go. Uh, area code 870, you are on the air for Laura's birthday party. I'm not hearing anything yet. And the, hello? the phone number, hello? Yes. Hi, you're on the air with the birthday party. Did you have a Laura story to share? Um, I do. Um, I first discovered the Laura Ingalls book when I was nine years old. And my next door neighbor lady, um, she was already in her late 80s, early 90s at that time. And she is the one who introduced me to the books. And I've always remembered that little grandmother lady because she read the whole series to me, and she had just such a great storytelling voice, and I still have my same books that I acquired, you know, at a very young age, and I just wanted to sit in and listen to the conversation. Well, thank you so much. Um, your neighbor, were were you reading, was she reading copies of the books you had, or did she have a set of the books? She had her own set. Yep, she had her own set. And I'm 59 now, so that tells you, you know, I was nine. So that's been 50 years ago. <laughs> that is sad. We're not going for sad stories. <laughs> it sounds like it was really nice she could share that with you. Did um, yeah. had, So did she, her, were her books the... Helen Sewell kind or the Garth Williams kind? The I believe they were the Garth Williams, um, if I'm not mistaken. It was so long ago, I just remember her, you know, going to her house every day and, mm-hmm. and her reading me, you know, the books and introducing me to Laura Ingalls and growing up and as an adult being able to go to Mansfield and visit. And it was wonderful. Well, that sounds like it was a great thing that she could do to share that with you. Mm-hmm. When, did you yeah. when did you get to go to Mansfield? I went to Mansfield back, uh, I think it was 2014. So a few well, years ago. I'm glad you got to go. I really do think it's a great place for every Laura fan to get to make a trip. Yes, thank you. Okay, so I am going to put you back in the green room, and then we are going to bring Michelle. And I am talking slow because it takes the buttons a minute to react. But there, right, there we go. Michelle's back. So, um, Michelle, 
Uh, why don't yes. you tell us a little bit more about uh, if somebody was visiting Mansfield, what um, would they see? Where do you start out doing your tour at the, at Mansfield? Well, um, once they actually make it to the museum, <laughs> a lot of people tend to get law come through town. Um, the community try, uh, has tried to do a little bit better of, of signage. And so there is a small sign now when you um, approach the square that it points uh, an arrow in the direction of the museum. So you follow that arrow on a highway. You're going to go out of town about a mile. And um, then you'll see the sign that says uh, Lori Ingalls Wilder um, Highway. And um, once you pass that, then on your right, you're going to see a big white barn. Um, it's not really a barn. It's the museum. And so you're going to pull into that uh, parking lot, uh, go on up the steps, and then you're going to be in that museum. And it's, it's absolutely um, beautiful, I think, in my opinion. Um, they opened up that new museum in 2016, and um, it, it is just so nice, and I, I love working there. So uh, once you go through that door, um, then you're going to be in the, the main lobby, um, and you'll see right away where to go. Um, you'll go to the ticket desk, and that's going to be where you start. But there are um, things to see that a lot of people stop before they even make it to that ticket desk, um, exhibits and artifacts. Uh, to look at um, the gift shops on the left, um, you know, kids, once the kids come in, they head straight for the gift shop, of course, you know, to see what's in there. Um, but you get your ticket. Um, whoever is at the ticket desk is going to give you a lot of information. Um, I think a lot of visitors coming don't realize how much there actually is there to to see and to do. Uh, but they give you um, everything that you need to know. You get a map, um, and it gives all the times of uh, of the tours. Um, they are scheduled tours um, because, you know, the tour guide, there's usually one guide in each house. So um, it goes on a rotation, and so they tell you exactly uh you know, what times you can go up there. Now, you don't have to schedule it or anything like that. Uh, you don't have to call ahead um, to register or to schedule tours or anything. Uh, basically, you decide when you want to go. You just got to be at the house um, at that time because that's when that tour guide is going to open up that door uh, to let whoever is, is standing there ready for a tour to take them on in. Um, but, um, you know, if you're not pressed for time, uh, we do usually recommend once you get your tickets in your hand um, to step on into the video room, um, and that's going to be where you can watch like an eight-minute video, um, and it gives you a little bit of background. Um, it was done um, 10 years ago. I'm probably wrong on that, but it's been quite a while that that video was actually made, um, but it's it's very well done, and um, it gives you some some great history of the Wilders coming to Mansfield. And the cool thing that never gets old for me is that you get to hear Laura's actual voice on that video. They've they've pulled her voice from an, an audio um, tape of some kind that we've got um, somewhere in archives, 
and has had they've put her voice in it and it just it gives me chills honestly every time I hear her voice because I always stop and think that's Laura that's her that's what she sounded like and um, yeah if if uh, I'm gonna stop you there just for a second if anybody out there hasn't heard that there is a CD that is uh, that you can get at any of the the Wilder yes. Home gift shops, but they have it in Mansfield. Yes. It's called Laura Ingalls Wilder Speaks, and yes. it came out originally as a cassette. So there was a side one and a side two, and the side one is Laura talking. Now, it was done as a thank you for the children who had given Laura the uh, character dolls the Barbara Brooks yeah. dolls that are done for yeah. the um, family. And so she had, they, they had typed up a script. So she's older and she's reading it. So don't think this is going to sound like a little kid in pigtails because it isn't, but it's, um, it's, it's Laura's voice. And I think it is really great to be able to hear that. And I always really recommend people get that CD because not only does it have Laura's voice, which is amazing, but I also think it is the best recording that you can hear to hear Pa's fiddle because it's just Pa's fiddle. There are there's another CD uh, Mansfield has that has Pospital on it, and I love that CD. I like to listen to it all the time. It's a tribute to Charles Pie Ingalls, but yeah, Pospital is with what I think is the first bluegrass symphony orchestra. There are so many other instruments. <laughs> you have a there's a bagpipe in one of them. I mean it's. Really hard to hear the fiddle, so I strongly recommend Laura Ingalls Wilder's speech. Yes, yes, I agree. I totally agree. Okay, did, so did you want me to take we're in the museum through? and we've looked at the video. Yeah, yeah. Um, after you've done that, um, then you just step on um, behind the screen. There's a door um, that takes you into the gallery. And um, it's a lot bigger than what people actually think. You know, I try to tell them when I'm selling tickets or whatever that, you know, there's hundreds of things in that back room. It's it's not a small room. Um, and once you walk in there, you know, you're going to see things like Pa's Fiddle. You're going to see um, Bibles that belong to the family, Um dresses, you know, clothing that, that they wore, dresses that Laura made herself, um, Mary's Braille slate, um, the little chalkboards that they used as girls. You know, Laura saved everything. Um, you know, it seems like today we get rid of everything, you know, so that we can buy something new, but they didn't have that luxury. They kept everything. And so uh, fortunate for us, um that we have all of those things that that she kept that are preserved um, for everyone coming to see those items. So you can spend, you know, and people, you know, sometimes they call or sometimes when they're getting their tickets, they'll ask, well, how long should we plan to spend in the gallery? And I tell them, I say, you know, I've seen um, people run through that thing in five minutes, and I've had people that have come through 
they spend all day, they take their tours, come back, um, spend the rest of the day in the gallery, and then they might spend the night in town and come back the next day uh, just to take it all in because there is um, definitely a lot of in that gallery to see. You know, when when Laura was, was young, you know, a child, her family, on up until, you know, when she was older. So um, canes that Almanzo made himself um, when he got older, and, of course, he was, you know, considered uh, lame. You know, he had a hard time walking. You'll see, you know, the shoes that he made himself uh, because his, his foot wasn't quite right. He was considered, you know, a cripple. And, and so all of those things are in place. Um, goodness, oh, the what a lot of people, of course, ask, well, they ask about Paw's Fiddle, and yes, it's there. And then the other item they ask about is is the uh, the bread plate, you know, the, the bread plate that mm-hmm. says, give us this day our daily bread on it, and that is in the gallery, so you will be able to see that as well. Okay, so that's gonna has, a, break, <laughs> I'm going to break in a couple, another couple things. So pause, yeah. fiddle. If the reason, the best time to go to Mansfield. Now there are reasons you might want to go at different times, but I don't think there is a question about Mansfield because you want to go when you can hear pause, fiddle. There's just no yeah. question. You need to hear pause, fiddle. So if you go for wilder days, you can hear them play pause, fiddle. There's two different times they play it over the course of the fiddle-off. Um, so you have to make sure you're there so you can hear both. And also, I think that's one of the best reasons to buy the ticket to the Wilder Dinner on the Friday night of Wilder Days because they are playing pause fiddle there at the Wilder Dinner. And you're indoors, and it's nice, and the lighting's good, and you're wearing a pretty dress so you can get a nice picture with the fiddle. You need to be there for wilder days. Uh, And the other thing that I really loved, I mean, you've got, there is a lot of stuff in the gallery. And I, I always hate it when people ask you how long, because it's too hard to say, because it depends on how much time you have, and how interested you are. I mean, I was, well, just just as an example, I have been talking back and forth with a couple people working on trying to track down the name of the guy who did the little pewter figurines of the Ingalls Wilder family that um, the gift shops used to sell. And that has been one of my ongoing little things this week. And I'm sure there are lots of people who, could not care less <laughs> about <laughs> that. And, you right. know, so we'd be, you know, it would take us differing amounts of time to go through the gallery. So it, it really does depend. But my favorite thing, my friend on this last trip, my friend's actually the one who spotted it because I was actually, um, we were allowed to take pictures inside the gallery, which is, amazing and i got so excited with that i wasn't looking as good as i normally should because i was like (laughs) and um i uh my friend pointed it out there the lap desk that they have that laura wrote on the way home using has 
a hundred dollars, uh, well, fake hundred dollars sticking out of the side. And yeah. I just think that was so clever. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. was that was one of my favorite things that you had. That's that's funny. It's usually children that notice that that little corner piece of that hundred dollars. Um, but yeah, whoever came up with that idea is was pretty pretty much a genius because it is very clever. Yes, it is. And it added it onto my my to get list. Now, along with my <laughs> pennies, I need to get a hundred dollar bill that would have been around in eighteen ninety four. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Wouldn't it? That would be awesome. So that, that just got added to my, my look for list. That's good. But, yeah, okay. there's – yeah, you tell me where you want me to go. <laughs> okay, well, so um, let's talk about going into Rocky Ridge. So – Okay. It – I think that being in Rocky Ridge Farmhouse for it not being one of the places in the books really means a lot to a lot of people. Do you get a lot of strong reactions from people uh, coming through? We really do, and it can vary. Um, I remember, actually, when I first started working um, at the museum, you know, of course, that wasn't you know, a dream of mine as a kid, uh, but uh, when I grew up um, and then moved back to Missouri about eight years ago and then began working there um, in 2018, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm in heaven now. Um, they trained me then to give tours. You know, it was, you know, you're, you're trained because, you know, they don't just throw you in there and say, well, you know, try to remember what you're doing because there's, there's just so much. Um, so um, tours uh, are are uh, given by a tour guide that has had training. Um, so we do have a guidebook, everything like that. Um, and then we just kind of learn it on our own. You know, we've we've done it for so so long and so much that you know you begin to learn everything. And then we do a lot of reading, and and so we do have homework too because in our off season we we go back and we reread the books. And so we want to have things fresh on our minds. But I remember so well um, uh, a reaction that I got the first time. Um, I had just been trained in the farmhouse, in, in Laura's Rocky Ridge farmhouse, and was, was giving uh, one of my first solo tours on my own with, without another, another guide present. I thought I was doing pretty good. Uh, it was going pretty smoothly. Um, I remember I had a large group, um, and um, there was a couple there that um, I could – it was an older couple, and the lady was actually um, – I could tell she was from Japan. She was obviously Japanese. Um, everyone was real quiet and just kind of, you know, mumbling to themselves, you know, and, you know, you'd hear the oohs and the ahs and things like that going through. Um we got all the way through the tour. I gave a complete talking tour um, room by room. And I remember um, as I was guiding the group um, back to the back door, to the kitchen, to go out, 
um, all of a sudden this this woman um, just stopped, and and her husband is looking at her, and I'm thinking, okay, what what's happening? Um, and she just started to sob in the kitchen, and I thought, what have I done? I've I've, I've offended her. I've upset her. I don't know what's going on. And I, you know, just said, are you okay? Is there something wrong? And she just began to tell me um, as she was crying, she said she had waited for 40 years to come to uh, Laura's Rocky Ridge Farmhouse. She grew up in Japan, and she said as a child, you know, just the tough situations that was going on at the time, her mother would read her uh, the Little House books. And she said they could get all the books except Farmer Boy in the Japanese translation. So she actually bought Farmer Boy in the gift shop that day. But she said standing in Laura's kitchen and looking at her stove and where she would roll out her, her dough to make bread or pies or things like that on that, on that countertop, she said she, she just, it felt like she was, home. It felt like she was in a friend's home and she felt so comfortable because it just meant everything to her. And of course, by that time, I'm crying. And so, you know, I thought, oh, I'm in trouble if my tours are going to end up like this. But I I just, I remember that tour so, so well of of that woman. And I realized um, at that moment, what it truly meant to some people. You know, it's just not a a historic house to just walk through and hear some facts and, oh, okay, that sounds great. To so many of our visitors, and, I mean, that's just one of of many, many um, coming through there, that it just, it it means so much, and, and they become overwhelmed with the feelings that they begin to experience. So, yeah, it it's, it's remarkable what what we hear and what we see when the fans come through. It it really is very moving, and I think a lot of people um, do get that feeling of it being home. I am um, yeah. The the time I had that happen, I mean. I, I think it was probably because I have been going to the Little House site since I was a pretty little kid. I was probably seven when I went to Pepin for the... No, no. Well, you don't care if I sit here and count the years. But I was... All right, we'll say say seven, eight, somewhere in there. And so I'm used to the Laura House's and just sort of feeling like I belong there. But the time it really hit me was when I went up to Prince Edward Island to the Anna Green Gables house. And this was, you know, another country. I wasn't expecting that to feel like home. And it did. And it's just such a, um, a strong connection. And I think it was through the person and also through reading the books and they're just, it it, yeah. it really does make a, a really meaningful time. Yeah. So yeah. are you ever alone in the house as you're doing it? As I'm like Do it just one-on-one? Um, well, the reason, yeah. uh, well, 
Well, let me explain. When I okay. used to volunteer over at uh, the Hoover Presidential, no, well, the National Historic Site, and up and worked it up at Estuary at the historic houses, there would be times in between when people would come, and you were alone in the house. And I'll tell you, especially when I was volunteering over at Hoover, you just really felt like. I don't want to say that like it's your house, but you felt like you were part of the family as you were just there by your, you know, not with having to talk to other people or anything, but just being, being in there. Do you get to do that ever as part of your thing or do you always have other people around? No, no, no. Um, like I said um, before, we, we give tours on a, on a rotation. Um, so like at the farmhouse, um, you're going to give a tour every hour at the bottom of the hour. So the first tour would be at 9.30. Well, you you usually get done, you have about 20 minutes um, to give your talking tour because um, the Rock House tour, that first one will start at 10, and it will always go every hour at the top of the hour. So that way it gives um, it gives folks that are maybe on a, on a time limit um, a chance they can take the tour at the farmhouse, and then they've got 10 minutes to jump in their car and drive on over to the rock house, take that tour, and, you know, then if they've already seen the museum, then they're done for the day. You know, it's entirely up to them. But so when I finish that tour, if I'm at the rock house and I finish that tour, then I've got um, roughly 30 minutes, 35 minutes before my next tour. So that's a window that I don't have anything going on. Now, you know, a lot of times there's going to be still people that are hanging around that just want more, you know, that um, we're walking outside and they're still asking more questions. You know, they just want a little more information. And that's fine. We, we you know, love doing that. That's part of it. Um, but during that off time, that's kind of when we have a rest. You know, we we're able to uh, step out. Um, we've got our, our new uh, new building um, that's actually, we're hoping it's going to open um, when the season does. We're not real sure. The new exhibit center, that's the garage. But that's where our break area is. And so um, as a docent, we can step into that building. Um, and, you know, we've got a place to sit. Um, we've got kitchen stuff so we can get a drink, have a snack, whatever. Uh, but honest, and I don't know what the rest of the, the, the docents do, um, but a lot of times, you know, I'll just hang out in the house for a little while by myself. And, um, yeah, honestly, I, I tell a lot of people this, that I become very protective of, of the house, of Laura's things. And I'll walk around in there and just, you know, even though I've, seen those things and seen those rooms hundreds of times, you know, for several years now, it's still, I don't know, it's still just comforting to me. You know, I'll walk in and, you know, of course, we don't sit on the furniture, things like that, but uh, we usually have a chair stashed back someplace that, you know, if we want to just sit down in the house, we can, and, um, and that's nice. You know, it's nice to just be in there uh, with no one else and just you you just soak it in. You just feel the quiet um, 
and and that's that's really nice. Now I do get to experience that in the winter time as well when I'm cleaning um, in the houses because you know it it takes a, a good period of time because I go room by room cleaning every single thing in the farmhouse and and the rock house as well. So I have that that time in there as well, but. But it's kind of it's kind of different when when it's you know I'm walking in there, and maybe people will be walking around on the outside taking pictures and things like that, and you can hear them you know just uh, visiting outdoors you know waiting for the tour and 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 it's kind of yeah it's kind of cool to to just be inside the house like that yeah. Okay. So one of my questions was about the the best thing in your Laura collection, but I it's not the best thing, but I have the most recent thing I added was kind of a cool story. And one of the things in the Rocky Ridge kitchen is a pan cookie jar that says cookies and kind of fancy script on the front with a lid. And are you talking I, the green on the green one? It's a, a tan jar with um, it says cookies on it, but it's it's yeah, it's over by the um, tin can things and stuff. Oh, and okay. and I hadn't really been too interested in finding just sort of everyday stuff from Rocky Ridge. But then I saw that um, my friend, uh, Nic- well, Nicole Zinga, who used to work in the Laura Ingalls Wilder Museum in Walnut Grove, had found one for there. And now I was like, oh, I've got to find that cookie jar. And so I have searched and searched and searched. And let me tell you, there are a lot, a lot of brown cookie jars that show up on eBay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And I couldn't, I, it took me forever. And I finally, I found a couple of them, but one of them, it was like, it was like, uh, it, they wanted $50 for it with another 60 shipping. So it had sat yeah. in my watch list just sitting there because it never made it to the top of things I should spend my money on this month. So uh, there is a, a consignment store in Iowa City, and uh, we were taking a load of stuff in. And my mom said, well, I, you don't have to stand in line here to go around and look, which is kind of an odd thing anyway, because normally she wouldn't say that. But she told me to, so I went. And there on the very first display after I got from the part where you bring your stuff in to sell – to the stuff mm-hmm. you can buy, there is that cookie jar. Oh my $17. goodness! dollars, no oh. shipping, <laughs> no shipping. So that That's was awesome. that is amazingly awesome. And so that is my newest piece that I have for my Laura collection is is the brown, wow. the tan cookie jar with the the writing on it. And that is actually a very lucky little plaza thing because right next to the consignment store is um, 
Well, it's called Crowded Closet. I don't know if other places have them too, but it's uh, it raises money for, um, I want to say missionaries, but I don't know that it's necessarily missionaries. But anyway, the, you know, um, what they used to call third world countries. Mm-hmm. And they had stuff set up. And I was walking around in that store, um, actually also waiting for my mom after the consignment stuff. And um, <laughs> there was sitting in the, I can't remember what it was. Oh, I know. It was that um, we had found some uh, little plates in there that were international tractor themed that um, – <laughs> was a Christmas present for somebody. And mom said, well, go look and see if there's any more of those. And I said, well, there's not going to be any more of those. I mean, how many (laughs) many international tractor plates are going to show up in this one store? I do not think it's going to be a huge amount. So I was just walking around these like four things where they have this sort of not, regular cheap stuff, not high-end locked-in-the-case stuff, but the sort of middle stuff. And one of the things in there was one of the pewter plates that DeSmet sold in the 70s. And and I was like, I can't believe this. I mean, this just being (laughs) in this missionary consignment type place, there is one of those pewter plates and it was one I didn't have yet. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yes. And those were just both in the same plaza. That is my good luck wow. area yes, it was. for finding Laura stuff this year. So I was I was very pleased to get that. It's um, one of my ongoing goals is, um, well, there's um, a lady who is, actually a professor at the University of Iowa here, and she lives in Iowa City, and she'd gone down to uh, the to Mansfield in the late 60s, and she okay. has a price sheet from 1967, and she gave me a copy of it. So my goal wow. is to get one of everything that was on the order blank in 1967. <laughs> So I oh, am always getting stuff that is kind of weird. <laughs> it's unique. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, so the plates were just met, not not Mansfield, but that is my same kind of thing. I always like to get the early stuff that that used yes. to be there. Yes, absolutely. That's great. Um. So when you were a kid growing up in Mansfield, did you ever go out to the home site much? Well, um, I remember I moved to Mansfield um, the summer before sixth grade. Um, and I had never heard of, of Laura Ingalls Wilder before that. So, no. you know, it, it was crazy that, you know, we just happened to move. Now, my dad whole family my dad grew up in in the Mansfield Ozark area so when we moved there I you know my first thought was great we've we've moved to a new town I don't know anybody 
But um, being a small town, it was easy to make friends. And um, they started, uh, we read the books um, in school, and I didn't think much about it, honestly. I mean, I, I try to think back, you know, what was I thinking that I just didn't realize this this amazing, famous, all-time, all-American lived right here. And it's like I just didn't put it all together for some reason. Um, that that very year when we moved there, it was 1974. And that was the first year that we had the Wilder's Day Festival celebration was in 1974. And so, you know, of course, they were, the town was making a big deal about it. It was, it was going to be huge. And um, so, you know, they would give, um, it was, it was three days long at that time. It was, um, I think it was Thursday evening, um, Friday, and Saturday. And we got out of school on Friday uh, for, the, for the festival. And so they had hay rides um, on a wagon, and a, and a tractor would pull you out to the Wilder home, and you could go through the museum and go through the house and do all that stuff. And I did. You know, I participate, uh, participated. My friends and I, you know, went through everything. And, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I was interested, but I, I just wasn't apparently at the point where I thought history's great. This is great, but but I was I thought it was really interesting. I thought, well, this is this is nice. Okay, this this lady wrote these books. We're reading these books. This is where she lived. Um, but you know, the town just. I mean, at that time. You know, people, it's it's crazy because people drive through Mansfield now and they're like, well, you know, there's just, why would they move here? There's just not a lot going on. And I try to tell them, I'm like, well, when Laura came here, when Laura Almanzo and Rose came here, there was a lot going on. Um, even in 1974, there was a lot going on. Um, that road, you had to you had to drive through Mansfield to get to the next town. We didn't have Highway 60 at that time, the the, the main road, um, the highway. And so everyone drove through Mansfield. And so there was a lot of people. Um, there was always activity going on around the square. Um, and that's what Laura experienced um, during her time there, that you went to town and it was a social event. Well, when I was growing up, when you went to town, it was a social event. I mean, my mom would say, okay, get, get your clothes on. We're, we're going into town. And so it, it was a big deal. Um, so, yeah, going out to Rocky Ridge Farm was, was an experience. It was fun. Um, you know, the, they had the older museum then uh, there, the Rockland that we just recently tore down a few years ago. Um, and the gift shop and the bookstore, those things were in different locations um, at that time. So, so it looked a little different, but it was it was pretty fascinating to me that you know this this woman that that lived here for so many years um, wrote these famous books, and and I live here in this town, so it, it was kind of it was kind of exciting. But you know, just being a kid, I didn't really comprehend what it meant until I got older. So, Well, that's pretty cool. 
I didn't know that you got out of school to go to it. That's a pretty nifty <laughs> thing for a, a – they must have really thought it was a, a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, anytime we could get out of school, then it was <laughs> it was a big deal, of course. But, yeah, it, and the, the crazy thing was I think – most of us at school were probably a lot more excited. I mean, we were excited that it was that it was Laura's special day, but that was the year that um, the show aired, Little House on the Prairie, the TV series, um, mm-hmm. aired that same year. And so, you know, it kind of, um, and I'm sure that's why a lot of the, the community, why a lot of the townsfolks were, were, you know, talking about that, we should really do this this year because this is when the show's starting. So um, everyone was excited. You know, the whole town, the whole community was excited about Wilder Days and and that new TV show that was going on. And so that year was was pivotal for Mansfield, I think, um, just because it people were watching the show and then for them to realize that there's a, a real town. These places are real. Laura is real. And we can go to these, a really big deal. And, and, you know, luckily Mansfield used that, you know, to their benefit. And, and it, it was, it was just fun. I mean, you know, what I remember is that, you know, yes, we got out of school, but we got to dress, you know, not like we normally did. We, we would wear overalls and, I wasn't the type to wear the prairie dresses, so of course I had the overalls on. <laughs> but you know, downtown it was blocked off. You couldn't drive your car downtown. If you had a horse, you drove a horse or rode a horse, and uh, or rode a wagon, um, or walked or whatever. And you know, there was just so much going on that weekend. I mean, it was just thrilling. And you were in, uh, you were in pioneer days. I mean, that weekend. Uh, that was it. You weren't you weren't living in the you know the world that that we have now. You were you were back in Laura's days, and um, and it was just fun. It was just so much fun. Well, I am glad that you guys started uh, doing a big event because Wilder Days is one of my favorite times to get down there because, like I said, hospital yeah. and it's just such a a great thing, and I'm so glad that you have both of the houses and the museums open and fully restored now, and you can take pictures. Yeah. yeah the you don't know how happy I was taking pictures. <laughs> well, you, you along with, with hundreds of other people, um, you know, that, that had always been a difficult thing for for us as tour guides and working there, um, you know, we had to follow policy with what the board of directors had set in place. And of course, those rules had been set up so long ago, and a lot of it had to do with the with the whole fact of the flash, you know, would would ruin and and distort and and um, you know damage the artifacts. So you know, I think that's why it went into place. Um, and then it just continued. Well, then you know. I, I honestly, I don't know all of the reasons. I'm sure there was a lot of them, but you know, I, I'm not privy to that to that information. That's behind closed doors. But um, they finally reconsidered, reconsidered, and, and talked about that. You know, yes, we have the postcards, but 
you know, people want to get personal picture, you know, they want to, they want to be standing next to the cutout of Laura. They want to be standing by Laura's stove and get that, that family photo inside the house and how important that was. And so, you know, at the end of year before last is finally when they reversed that and it was like they had the board meeting in November and it was like two weeks before we closed for the season and they said okay um, people can take pictures now and to tell us working there um, giving tours in that house and we had been giving tours since we'd worked there no pictures no videos don't do it don't do it and then all of a sudden you have people, I remember giving my first tour, uh, and it was the day that they they changed the policy, and the word came on the walkie-talkie that, okay, people can take pictures now. And I'm like, what? Wait, how? okay. And so they were then letting people that were buying the tickets all of a sudden, hey, you guys can take pictures now. And so I remember my, my first few groups, you know, they'd, they'd pull out their cell phones, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, what are you doing? You can't, you can't do that. Well, I was told I could. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can. Yeah, go ahead. Take your pictures. So it was, it was difficult for us to get used to um, allowing the pictures to be taken. Of course, then we had to, that was a whole other thing we had to experience of, okay, they're going to want to take the time to be in the rooms to take the pictures. Okay, how are we going to move these tours through in a timely manner while they're taking pictures. So, you know, we've had to really kind of factor all that in to make sure everyone's getting the time that they want and need to get those those perfect pictures and still give our tours and everything. But it's all worked out. So we're excited. We're thrilled that, that uh, people are able to experience that now. So, yeah, that was a huge thing when when that was changed to you can now take pictures. Now, still no videos are allowed, but but pictures, thank goodness, are now allowed. So, <laughs> Well, it was really a exciting, happy thing for me that they worked. I knew you were doing the houses, but I didn't know you were doing the museum. So now, having gone crazy taking care of pictures, I need to make a list. So when I get back, I could actually make sure I get decent pictures. Because right. I, I was trying to... Actually, there was one picture in particular I was trying to get, and I don't know that I will ever get it, and nobody really cares, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I want to get a picture of the wall opposite the stove, and two windows there make it very Uh hard to get a picture so you can see what's on those two walls, and I took quite a few, and none of them worked. So, oh, because you were getting that, that sunlight, is, that glitter. Yes, I want to be able uh, to see the stuff, and it's just like too huge. <laughs> but I took yeah. lots of pictures. Though I, well, um, when I got back, I felt like my um, cousin or my cousin, my friend uh, Kelly, who went with me, uh, was was. She's not the Laura fan I am, but she was just thrilled to take pictures of the library. And she took 
while I was taking pictures of the rest of the house, she was taking pictures of the library and she got some angles and stuff. It had never occurred to me that that might be something to try to get pictures of. So it's good to make sure everybody has a camera. (laughs) Yeah, because people do want pictures of different things. I mean, it's, yeah, you never know what people are going to want a picture of. And I've seen, you know, people end on that bottom step there on the landing between the office and the parlor, standing up there and holding their phone up as high as they can to try to get a picture, you know, of of the upstairs landing in the in the guest room. And, you know, I see them do that, and I, I think, well, I never thought about that. You know, they can't see it, but, yeah, let me put my camera up there, my phone up there, and, and just start snapping. And then they end up with pictures of it. So I'm like, well, that's, yeah, okay, that'll work. <laughs> Well, Michelle, I sure appreciate you coming on, but I think that has been over an hour. Can you believe it? I No, I can't believe it. It's been so much fun. I've enjoyed it very, very much. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. And is there, before we tell everybody happy Laura's birthday and head out, is there anything else you wanted to share and to remind people of the name of your book again? Absolutely. Yeah, my, my new book. Um, and you can purchase it um, from um, our, gift, our gift shop, the Loring Wilder Home and Museum in Mansfield. We sell it online. Um, I'm hoping to get it out to the other sites this season. Burr Oak, um, Iowa, actually already purchased um, some of the books at, uh, at the end of last season. So they've already got them in stock. Um, and then I've already been in contact with um, with the other sites, and so they're reviewing it to see if that's something they want to carry. I, you know, I hope they will, um, but, you know, everyone has to make that decision. Um, and then you can purchase it on Amazon as well. So, uh, But it's called Laura Ingalls Wilder's Rocky Ridge Farm, A Detailed Look Behind the Scenes by Michelle Underwood. Um, it sells for $24.99. Um, but there's just lots, it's just loaded with lots of, lots of good stuff. Um, you know, all the things that, that I talked about. Um, one cool section that I'll just tell you real quick um, that was fun to do, uh, well, it was all fun, but I talk about the famous people um, that have come through Rocky Ridge Farm and, and seen Laura's houses. I mean, you know, we, we talk about us being Laura fans, there's a lot of Laura fans out there, and you wouldn't even consider um, that are fans of Laura Ingalls Wilder. You know, you've got, of course, the actors from the television show. You know, we've seen Dean Butler a lot, Allison Arngram, who played Nellie. Melissa Gilbert um, came out a couple of years ago and um, toured it, had a special personal tour. Her and her husband, uh, Tim Busfield, who, who was on Field of Dreams. I loved him. Um, and with you know the 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 people it's crazy um um uh Laura Bush um president george uh former president george w bush's wife Laura Bush came in two thousand eight um one person I got really excited about a few years ago when we were closed for the pandemic was uh bethany um Bethany Hamilton. Um, if you don't remember who she is, she was Soul Surfer uh, from Hawaii 
that got her arm bit off by a shark. Oh. Um, yeah. We are shut down for the pandemic in 2020, and um, sudden I'm at the ticket desk. There's nobody there. <laughs> We're just sitting there, and I look over and watch a woman and her husband and two kids walk in the front door, and I'm just I, I when I'm in shock, and I'm like, "That's Bethany Hamilton. That's she's Soul Surfer." And the other girl behind me in the gift shop's like, "Who?" And I googled it and brought it up, and she's like, "Are you kidding me?" And I go, "Look." It's her. And so, yeah, she took her family through, and very sweet, very nice lady um, came from Hawaii to go through Lauren Wilder's home. So you don't know who's going to come through. Yeah, so that was that was a fun a fun chapter to, to write. Well, it sounds like it. There, there are definitely a lot of people who um, had a lot of um, – strong influence on their life by Laura, by Laura. And uh, yeah. I'm glad that we have the home site so that we can visit and make that further connection. I, I really do think it means a lot for people to get to visit. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I agree. But yeah, buy my book and find out all the secrets and the mysteries um, that we don't tell you on the tours and get all that inside stuff and um, some of my personal stuff, my personal connections uh, with the town and with Laura and um, just, I think, I think it's a good book. So (laughs) uh, yeah, if you want, want something you haven't read before about Laura, then, then I hope that you'll, you'll uh, go online and, and purchase my book. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Michelle. And we are past our time. So uh, I just want to go ahead and tell everybody uh, that for the rest of this month that I'm going to definitely get the Mansfield update up. I am planning on doing the Looking Backwards episode, which I am late in doing, but I have the research and notes all ready for it. I just have to get it done. And then um, I've got a couple of potential interviewees, and we will just have to see if we can make dates work. So I think there's going to be some more interesting uh, episodes coming up. There are also, as I said, YouTube videos coming up. The two that I am trying to get done right now, one is on making uh Jack Frost pictures on the window with thimbles. And the other one is winding a striking clock. And with any luck, those are going to get up this uh, next couple weeks. And um, since we were talking about Mansfield, I will also mention that one of my ongoing series of videos is where to drive and why. And I started doing that because I get questions about where there is, what there is to see and what there to do. And so what these videos are is very um, straightforward. It's like uh, this is, uh, all right, you're at this spot in Mansfield and this is where you drive to find the cemetery. You turn here and here and this is how you find the graves and blah, 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 blah. And that I've got, I did 
several of those on the Mansfield trip, and hopefully we will get those shared out uh, in the, before the new season starts again. And I'm just uh, excited that we had people call right from the beginning of the episode this year. I'm very glad that we did. I really appreciate everybody who called in and who listened and who answered my little question box online. And I hope that you will always remember to brighten the corner where you are. And happy birthday, Laura Ingalls Wilder. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.